بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمسلمين يقول الامام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في في كتاب اداب المشي الى الصلاه وسنن الراتبه عشر وفعلها في البيت افضل وهي ركعتين قبل الظهر وركعتان بعدها وركعتان بعد المغرب وركعتان بعد العشاء وركعتا الفجر ويخفف ركعتي الفجر ويقرأ فيهما بسورتي الإخلاص أو يقرأ في الأولى بقوله تعالى قولوا آمنا بالله وما أنزل إلينا الآية التي في سقف البقرة وهي وفي الثانية قل يا أهل الكتاب تعالى إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم الآية وله فعلها راكبا ولا سنة للجمعة قبلها وبعدها ركعتان أو أربع وتجزئ السنة عن تحية المشتد ويسن له الفصل بين الفرد والسنة بكلام أو بقيام لحديث معاوية ومن لحديث معاوية ومن فاتته شيء منها استحب له قضاؤه ويستحب أن يتنفل أن يتنفل بين الأذان والإقامة. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم. والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأولين والآخرين. سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحابته ومن اهتدى بهديهم واتبع سنتهم إلى يوم الدين وبعد لا شك أن هذا الكتاب من الكتب المهمة النافعة التي ينبغي للمسلم أن يحرص على أداء هذه العبادات منها ما هو ركن من من اعظم اركان الايمان وهي الصلوات الخمس والبقيه النوافل والله يقول في الحديث القدسي وما تقرب الي عبدي بشيء احب الي مما افترضته عليه ويقول ولا يزال عبدي يتقرب الي بالنوافل يعني ليست فرائض حتى احبه فاذا احببته كنت سمعه الذي يسمع به وبصره الذي يبصر به الى اخره يعني ان الله اذا احب العبد وفقه لطاعته وصانه عن معاصيه فهذه السنن التي اشار اليها شيخ الاسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب هي الرواتب التي تتعلق بالفرائض هي ليست فريضه ولكنها نوافل هو رحمه الله عليه ذكر عشر في حديث اخر رواه مسلم انها اثنتا عشره ركعه هذه الرواتب العشر 
إذا أمكن يجمع الواحد بين أعدائها في البيت والمبادرة للجماعة فحسن وإذا لم يمكن فيصلي الرواتب التي تكون بعد الصلاة ثم فصلها قال هي ركعتان قبل الظهر وركعتان بعدها والحديث الثاني اللي رواه مسلم هي أربع قبل الظهر أيوه الحديث هذا في الصحيح العشر هذه والحديث الآخر أيضا أنها أربع قبل الظهر والبقية كالتي هنا قال وركعتان بعدها أي بعد الظهر وركعتان بعد المغرب وركعتان بعد العشاء وركعة الفجر الركعتان التي تكون بعد الظهر أو بعد المغرب أو بعد العشاء أداءها في البيت متيسر إذا لم تكن هناك حوائط وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الحديث الآخر أفضل الصلاة ما كان في البيت إلا المكتوبة إن الفرائض الفرائض في الأماكن التي أذن الله أن ترفع ويذكر فيها اسمه في المساجد والرواية الأخرى أنها أربع لقبل الظهر لكن الركعات البعدية التي بعد الصلاة إذا حرص الواحد يؤديها في المنزل واطمأن إلى أنه يؤديها كاملة فعمارة المنزل بهذه العبادة مهمة الذي حث على عمارة المسجد في طاعة البيت في طاعة الله ثم هذه الروافل هذه النوافل المتعلقة بالفرائض كأنها جزء من تكميل الصلاة وإن لم تكن منها إلا أنه ينبغي أن يعتني الواحد بها إذا فرضنا أن الواحد دخل وقد صلى والظهر صلى الناس الظهر ولم يتمكن من يصلي الراتبة القبلية هذا يحسن أنه يقضيها يصليها ولو بعد الظهر مثل ما يصلي ركعتين وركعتين لا هل يصلي ركعتين وركعتين وركعتين بعد الظهر هي غير واجبه لكنها سنه مؤكده وفي الحديث من حافظ على ثنتي عشره ركعه وهي اربع قبل الظهر بنى الله له بيتا في الجنه وهذا كسب عظيم للواحد ان يتطلع لهذا الامر ثم قال ويخفف اي الانسان ركعتي الفجر لماذا يخففها؟ اقتداء بالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ويقرا فيهما بسورتي الاخلاص التي هي قل هو الله احد قل يا ايها الكافرون قل هو الله احد يعني يقرا بالركعه الاولى قل يا ايها الكافرون لأن الشأن الركعة الأولى تكون أطول بقليل من الثانية وفي الركعة الثانية يقرأ بقوله الله أحد ولو عكس صحة الصلاة 
قال او يقرا فيهما بالايات التي اشار اليها قولوا امنا بالله وما انزل الينا الى اخره من سوره البقره والايه التي من سوره ال عمران ولعلم الكتاب تعالوا الى كلمه سواء بيننا وبينكم الى اخره واشار ما في الا كان يخففها تقول عائشه رضي الله عنها عن صلاه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ركعتي الفجر انه كان يخففها حتى اقول هل قرا الفاتحه من تخفيف القيام كانها تقول هل قرا الفاتحه تقول الا انه كان يتم الركوع والسجود يعني يحقق ما قاله المسيء في صلاته الذي قال له كبر ثم اقرا ما تيسر معك من القران ثم اركع حتى تطمئن راكعا ما يكون كالطائر الهدهد ينظر بسرعه تقول عائشه لكنه كان يتم الركوع والسجود يعني هذا التخفيف يدل على انه ما قرأ الا الفاتحه او هذه السور القصيره او مثلها قال وله فعلها اي فعل هذه الرواتب السنن راتب فرضنا انه صلى الظهر ولكنه استعجل فخرج وركب راحلته ماشي يجوز ان يصليها وهو راكب ماشي هذه الراكبه سواء ظهر سواء مغرب سواء عشاء على ما يتيسر في هي بعد الصلاه والتي قبل الصلاه ممكن يصليها في الطريق وحاضر المسجد قال ولا سنه للجمعه قبلها يعني النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما حدد سنة للمغرب لا الفجر لا الجمعة يصلى وإنما لما وجه بالعناية بالجمعة والحرص على التبكير لها كحديث من اغتسل تغسل ما اغتسل غسل ما اغتسل ومس من الطيب إلى آخرة وأتى في الساعة الأولى يعني من يوم الجمعة فكأنما قرب بدنه وفي الساعة ومن جاء في الثانية فكأنما قرب بقرة تصدق ببقرة ومن جاء في الثالثة كأنما تصدق بكبش أقرن يعني من أفضل الكباش ومن جاء في الخامسة في الرابعة فكأنما قرب دجاجة ومن جاء في الخامسة كأنما قرب بيضة أضعف القرابين ما في شك ان المسلم ينبغي ان يكون حريصا على التفوق في الخير قال ولا سنه للجمعه قبلها وبعدها ركعتان او اربع الذي قال للذهب لصلاه الجمعه قال ثم ليصلي ما ما شاء يعني بامكانك في يوم الجمعه ان تصلي ركعتين قبل الصلاه عندما تعيد المسجد 
وتصلي وركعتين 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 يعني تصلي سبع ثمان عشر اثنتي عشرة كل هذا جائز والسنة أن تسلم من كل ركعتين وكذلك في صلاة الليل السنة أن تصلي من كل ركعتين لحديث صلاة الليل مثنى مثنى وفي لفظ آخر في غير هذا السياق قال وصلاة الليل والنهار مثنى مثنى يعني هذا هو السنة لكن لو صلى أكثر من ركعتين صلى مثلا أربعا بسلام واحد أو ستا بسلام واحد أو ثمانية ركعات بسلام واحد أعطى كل ركعتين حقهن ولكن لم يجلس يتشهد إلا في بعد أعداء الثامنة الثامنة صحة الصلاة إلا أن الأفضل أن يسلم من كل ركعتين قال وبعدها ركعتان أو أربع النبي قال صلى الله عليه وسلم سلوا بعد الجمعة أربع ركع أربعا فإذا راح واحد إلى بيته وأحب يصلي أربع فحسن والعناية بالبيوت والإكثار من النوافل فيها فيها تطييب للمنزل وإعلان بهذه العبادة العظيمة الشريفة في المنزل وهي من أسباب صد الشر عنه ثم فيها تعليم لأهل المنزل في الصلاة لأطفال ماذا ما صلوا في المسجد أو لفتيات لم لا يصلين في المسجد أو امرأة صلت في البيت المرأة لا شك أن أفضل الصلاة لها أن تصلي في المنزل لكنها إذا صارت في محل أمن واستأذنت أن تصلي الفريضة في المسجد فقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا استأذنت امرأة أحدكم إلى المسجد فلا يمنعها قال وبيتها خير لها يعني أفضل لها أنها تكون البيت قال وبعدها ركعتان أو أربع يعني جمعة لكن إذا صلى الجمعة لا يقوم حالما يسلم من الفريضة ويأتي بالركعتين أو الأربع لا لا يجوز له ذلك إلا أن يشتغل بالذكر والتسبيح أو يتكلم مع أحد أو يحول نفسه من مكانه الذي صلى فيه إلى محل آخر الحديث الذي رواه مسلم وغيره من حديث معاوية بن أبي سفيان رضي الله عنه لما قام واحد لما سلم صلى مع عثمان مع معاوية في في مقصورته الجمعة ولما سلم الإمام هذا الذي بجانب معاوية قام وسلم نهض وركع ركعتين فاستدعى معاوية وقال لا تفعل هكذا فإن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهانا أن نصلي أن نصل الجمعة بصلاة أخرى حتى نتكلم أو نتحول قال هنا وتجزئ السنة عن تحية المسجد النبي أمر من دخل إلى مسجد لا يجلس حتى إذا كان على طهر وأراد أن يبقى في المسجد ألا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين 
والاصل في اوامر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انها للوجوب لانه صلوات الله وسلامه عليه الله يقول وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه هذا امر من الله والنبي امر الداخل للمسجد ان لا يصل يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين لكن اذا دخل المسجد وصلى الركعتين وقد دخل وقت الظهر مثلا او العصر او المغرب اذن فاذا صلى ركعتين فهي تكفيه عن التحيه وهي الراتبه تجزئ ولو زاد فلا خرج قالوا ويسن يعني في يوم الجمعه الفصل بين الفرض الفرض والسنه بكلام او قيام بحديث معاويه حتى لو سلم الواحد في غير يوم الجمعه لما سلم الامام سلم معه ونهض بياتي بالراتب بالراتب لانه مستعجل لا عليه ان ينفث اما ان يتكلم بتسبيح وتهليل او يخاطب احد ثم يخوض قال بكلام بحديث معاويه قال ومن فتح شيء من منها من هذه النوافل استحب له قضاء دخل المسجد والناس قد اقيمت الصلاه يدخل معهم فان النبي ذكر قال اذا اقيمت الصلاه فلا صلاه الا المكتوبه يعني اذا اقيمت الصلاه لا يجوز لك تشرع في نافله اذا كنت في النافله ان كنت على وشك التسليم منها فلا حرج تذمه وان كنت لا يبقى لك ركعه لا اخرج من النافله وادخل مع الامام وتقضيها بعد تقضيها بعد الصلاه وان فاته شيء منها استحب له قضاء وهذا قد يحصل كثيرا ياتي المسجد الواحد ويحب ان يخرج لاي سبب من الاسباب او ان المسجد يغلق بعد الفريضه ياخذ النوافل اللي كان يؤديها اذا كان عادته ان يؤدي اربع ركعات قبل الظهر فليؤدي هذه الاربع في البيت ويضيف اليها التي بعد الظهر الحديث اللي في الصحيح التي بعد الظهر هي ركعتان وان كان ورد الامر بالركعتين والركعتين لكن في حال في ذكر هذه الرواتب انما ذكر على في بعد الظهر ركعتان فقط قالوا يستحب ان يتنفل بين الاذان والاقامه لنفرض ان الواحد دخل المسجد قبل الاذان وصلى التحيه تحيه المسجد ينبغي له اذا اذن المؤذن ان يقوم وياتي يصلي ان كان الظهر مثلا صلى الرواتب ركعتين وركعتين وهي تجزي عن الامر الذي جاء هنا وان فرضنا انه لا لكن يجب ان يصلي ركعتين هو مخير لكن ينبغي ان يقوم النبي قال بين كل اذانين صلاه يعني بين الاذان والاقامه بين كل اذانين صلاه ثم قال في الثالثه 
بين كل اذانين صلاه قال لمن شاء يعني لانها غير فريضه لكن تكرار البيان ثلاث مرات يدل على تاكيدها على تاكيدها فينبغي للواحد اذا كان في المسجد واذن المؤذن وليكن مثلا المغرب وليس له صلاه قبل وليس له راتبه قبل المغرب فليقم وليصلي لان النبي قال بين كل اذانين الاذانان هي الاذان والاقامه لان الاقامه اذان اذان بان البدء في الصلاه حصل كذلك العشاء لو كان جالسا في المسجد واذن المؤذن ينبغي ان يقوم ويدرك عليه هي غير واجبه لكن سنه سنها المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم وبين مكانها وكرر البيان كما فعل في المغرب قالوا صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين ثم قال في الثالثه صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين قال لمن شاء اكدها بس انها نافله مؤكده ولذلك هذا كتاب الحقيقه مهم للمسلم لطالب العلم اما بين فتره واخرى يقرا هذه الرساله ينظر مدى تعاهده هو للمحافظه على ما ذكر فيها من العبادات ان كان قد قصر يبادر لاستدراكه في المستقبل وليحرص على الاحسان احسان النوافل فان الانسان اول ما يحاسب عليه يوم القيامه من العمل الصلاه فاذا وجد ان الصلاه فيها قصور امر الله جل وعلا المشتغلين بمحاسبه العبد ان ينظروا في نوافله ليكملوا ما قد يكون حصل من قصور في الفرائض من تلك النوافل فكون الواحد يحرص على اثنان النوافل ايضا فهذا من المصلحه العظيمه فاسال الله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يوفقنا جميعا لما يحب ويرضى وان يصرفنا جميعا عن كل ما يشين وان يحفظ علينا امننا على ديننا ودنيانا لمن هو كرم وان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين وان يذل الكفر والكافرين انه يجيب الدعاء الشيخ قال By mentioning the name of Allah Azza wa Jal and sending the salam upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and may Allah be pleased with his companions <coughs> then he said that indeed this book, this treatise that we are reading it is upon the Muslim to be diligent he said indeed this book is from the important books and it is befitting for the Muslim to be diligent and completing uh, the acts of worship which are mentioned in the book and the acts of worship are related to uh, the most important pillar after uh, or from the most important pillars of Iman and that is the five daily prayers and likewise the superrogatory prayers and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned as a proof of that the Hadith Al-Qudsi where the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah Azza wa Jal said 
that my servant came not came nearness to me except with that which I have made obligatory upon him. And then my servant continues to gain nearness to me with the nawafil, with the superiority actions, the deeds, until I love him. And Allah Azawajal mentioned in that hadith al-Qudsi, I continue to love, or my servant continues to gain nearness to me until I love him. When I love him, I become his sight by which he hears his sight, afwan, his sight by which he sees, his hearing by which he hears, and his hand by which he grabs. So, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, what is meant by this is that when Allah Azawajal loves an individual, Allah gives that individual success to obey him. And Allah protects that individual from disobedience to him. Then the author, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala, he went in to mention what the author mentioned, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahim Allah Ta'ala, about the superiority prayers, the nawafil. And the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned 10, 10 of the nawafil prayer. But there's another hadith which is reported in the Sahih of Imam Muslim where 12 prayers are mentioned. But the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala here, he mentions 10. And he mentions the fact that uh, it is better and preferred that an individual does these, perform these superavitary prayers in the house. Um, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, for example, before the prayer, uh, before you coming to the prayer, the individual should pray them, try his best to pray them at home before uh, going to the masjid. And the author Rahimahullah mentions two before dhuhr and two after dhuhr. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah there's another hadith, uh, there's another hadith. Um, in Sahih Muslim that mentions four before Dhuhr. He mentioned that there's another hadith in Sahih Muslim that mentions four before Dhuhr. But this hadith, which mentions twelve, which means that it's twelve, but this hadith which is in Sahih Bukhari, ten are mentioned. Ten are mentioned because of the, the, the two, this hadith in Sahih Bukhari, the reason why ten are mentioned is because it's mentioned two before Dhuhr. But the hadith in Sahih Muslim, it mentions four before Dhuhr, so the total amount is twelve. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so you can do two before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after Isha, and two before Salat al-Fajr. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's easier for a person to do the, the Sunnah prayers before the Salat in his home, before coming to the Masjid, because more than likely there won't be any type of disturbance for him. Um, and you also have a hadith which encourages the individual to do the superiority prayers in the home. And that's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The best uh, superiority prayer is that which is done in the home. Or the best of the prayers is that which is done in the home. The best of the prayers is that which is done in the home, except what is obligatory. Except what is obligatory. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so if a person before the prayer, before leaving to go to the masjid, he should pray them at home, because this is better and preferred. With regards to that which is after the prayer, if the person uh, is certain that he will pray them once he gets home, and he will not become 
distracted or busy, then the person should also pray the prayers after uh, at home as well. Um, and the Sheikh mentioned Abi Balatala, you know, and individuals praying at home, the supererogatory prayers is something important. It is something important and it has blessings for the home. Then the Sheikh mentioned Abi Balatala, we should understand that the supererogatory prayer, they are connected to the, the obligatory prayers. It's as if they were part of the obligatory prayers because they complete them. Because they complete them. So it's befitting for an individual uh, to be diligent uh, and vigorous in completing the obligatory prayers and the supererogatory prayers. Then the Shaykh mentioned Aviv Allah Ta'ala. Um, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Uh, with regards to making them up. He said, for example, if an individual entered into the masjid at the time that the congregation was praying Dhuhr, at the time that the congregation was praying Dhuhr, um, so he did not get the chance to pray his supererogatory prayers before the prayer. So he can make them up after the prayer. He can make them up after the prayer. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah, it's not, it's not obligatory that you make them up. It's not obligatory that you make them up, but it is an established sunnah for an individual to pray the prayers before and the prayers after. And the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned uh, to show or to illustrate the importance or to stress the importance of making the prayers up, the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam, whoever prays 12 supererogatory prayers in the day, Allah will build for him a house in Jinnah. Allah will build for him a house in Jinnah. So this is a tremendous reward for the individual that completes uh, the supererogatory prayers. Then the author Taala, mentioned, وَيُخَفِّفْ رَقْعَتَيْ الْفَجْرِ The person should shorten the two units of prayer that he does before Fajr. The Shaykh asked Habib Taala, he said, why should you shorten them? Because this is the action of the Prophet You are uh, following the way of the Prophet And you should read uh, Surah Tay, the author mentioned the two uh, prayers of Al-Ikhlas. And the Shaykh clarified for that. He said, the first is Surah Al-Kafirun and the second is Surah Al-Ikhlas. So for example, in the first unit of prayer, you read Surah Al-Kafirun. And in the second unit of prayer, you read Surah Al-Ikhlas. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, Surah Al-Kafirun is longer. And this is the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu that in the first unit of the prayer, he recites that which is longer. And in the second unit of prayer, he recites that which is shorter. So Surah Al-Kafirun is longer than Surah Al-Ikhlas. And then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if you change them, if in the first unit of prayer you recite Surah Al-Ikhlas, and in the second unit of prayer you recite Surah Al-Kafirun, it is still accepted. It is still accepted. The Salat is correct. Or you can recite the, the two verses that the author mentioned, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, the two short verses, in Surah Al-Baqarah and in Surah Al-Imran. This is also can be recited. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, with regards to shortening the two units of prayer before Salat Al-Fajr, because we're still we're talking about the two units of prayer before Salat al-Fajr. He said, with regards to shortening them, the proof for that is that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet 
she said that the Prophet ﷺ used to shorten these two units so much, or to the extent that I used to say to myself, did he even recite Surah Al-Fatiha? Did he even recite Surah Al-Fatiha? So this shows that he made them very short. But the Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, but the person should be careful to complete the Ruku' and the Sujood. The person has to make sure that they complete the Ruku' and the Shudud. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he ordered that they be complete. In the hadith that we mentioned previously of the man who prayed incorrectly, the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, read that which you can read from the Qur'an. Then go into Ruku' until you are comfortable. And then come up until you stand up straight. And then go into sujood until you are comfortable. So that order of the Prophet that command of the Prophet informs us that even though the Prophet shortened the two units of prayer, but he still completed the, the ruku' and the sujood sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib or then the author Ta'ala mentioned And the person, these two units of prayer before Salat al-Fajr, it is permissible for the person to perform them while he is uh, on his riding beast or, or in his sitting down, while the individual is sitting down. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala. So for example, if a person, uh, if a person prayed Salat al-Dhuhr, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, مثلاً, a person prayed Salat al-Dhuhr. And then for some reason, the individual had to leave the masjid. He had to leave the masjid, he was in a rush. So while he's in his vehicle, for example, he prays the sunnahs, the sunnah prayers, it's permissible. And the same for al-Maghrib, after Salat al-Maghrib, and the same for, مثلاً, after Salat al-Isha. For, for some reason, the individual had to leave the masjid in a rush after praying the obligatory prayer. It's permissible while the individual is sitting, to pray the, the superior prayer. That's after the prayer. And even before the prayer, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, for example, if a person leaves his home and he's heading toward the masjid, if a person leaves his home and he's heading toward the masjid, on the way to the masjid, he prays the sunnah prayers while he's sitting in his vehicle. This is permissible. Then the author, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, mentions, goes on to mention the sunnah as it relates to the Jummah prayer, the Friday prayer. And he says that there is no established sunnah before the, fri- before the Friday prayer. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the Prophet ﷺ did not specify a specific number of prayers before the Jummah prayer. Before the Jummah prayer. The, but what the Prophet did ﷺ, he said, whoever uh, cleans himself and washes and then puts on some fragrance um, and then goes the first hour, it is as if he has slaughtered a camel, uh, a camel. And then he goes the second hour, it is as if he has slaughtered a, a, a cow. And then he goes the third hour, and it is as if he has slaughtered a sheep or a goat. And then he goes the fourth hour, and it is as if he has slaughtered, or he gets the reward as if he has slaughtered a chicken. And then he goes the fifth hour, which is the last, the last hour right before Jummah, and it is as if he has slaughtered a, an egg. Or it is, it is as if he has sacrificed an egg. And the Shaykh said, so the, the least of uh, rewards is the sacrifice of an egg. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, in commentary of that hadith, so it's, 
it's upon uh, the Muslim to be diligent and increasing in good. It's upon a Muslim to be diligent and increasing in good. Then the Prophet said, after he mentioned the reward for coming the first, the second, the third, all the way to the fifth hour, then the Prophet said, and then the individual prays that that which he wishes. So when the individual enters into the masjid, the individual on Yom al-Jum'ah, uh, before the, the Imam begins, the individual can pray as much as he wishes. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if you can pray two, pray two. If you can pray eight, if you can pray ten, if you can pray twelve, all of this is permissible. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, all of this is permissible. And it is from the Sunnah that you pray in twos, if you pray in pairs. So you pray two, you make Tasneem, you pray another two, you make Tasneem. This is the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just as it is the sunnah to do this at night. Just as it is the sunnah to do this at night. Because the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, Salatul Layl, Mathna Mathna. The hadith of the Prophet wasallam, said, the night prayer is in pairs, two by two. And the Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, there's another law, there's another uh, wording of this hadith where the Prophet wasallam, said, the prayer of the day and night is two by two. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so what is better is that the person prays in pairs. Two by two. But if the person prays four, he said if a person prays four units of prayer with one tasneem at the end, it is still accepted. Or if they pray, pray six, we're still talking about Salat al Jum'ah. If the person prays six units, if they pray straight six units without stopping, and they make a tasneem at the end. Or if they pray eight, and they make one tasneem at the end, it is accepted. It is accepted. But what is better is that you do as the Prophet ﷺ, uh, uh, mentioned, and that you do two and you make taslim, and you do two and you make taslim. Then, with regards to uh, then, with regards to uh, Salat al Jum'ah after, so we completed before. With regards to after Salat al Jum'ah, the Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah Taala that it's the Sunnah to pray for after. It is the sunnah to pray for after. For, for example, if a person finishes Salat al-Jum'ah, they go home and they pray for. This is something which is good. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the performing the, the superiority prayer after Jum'ah, or any prayer, in the home is, is something which is important. It is something which is important. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah, Habib, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this purifies the home. This is a means of purification for the home, to pray superiority prayers in home. And likewise, it is a, a means of teaching the people who pray at home. For example, to teach the children, to teach the women, to teach the young girls. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah it is recommended that the, the man prays the superiority prayers at home. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah there's no doubt that uh, the, the best place for the woman to pray is at home. As is mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, where if where the Prophet said, if your wife request from you to go to the masjid, then don't prevent them, but their homes are better for them. But their homes are, are better for them. So the fact that the women pray at home and the young girls pray at home, if the man finishes Salat al-Jum'ah, it's good that he goes home and he prays the superiority prayers. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, you can do two or you can do four. Um, then the Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala, with regards to the prayer after Salat al-Jum'ah, it is not legislated that the individual, as soon as he finishes Jum'ah, he stands up and he prays. This is not legislated. 
What is legislated is that the individual busies himself after Salat al-Jumma, the obligatory prayer. What's legislated is that the individual busies himself with the remembrance of Allah. He busies himself with uh, supplicating. Or he talks to someone. Or he moves his, he moves his place before standing up to pray the subjugatory prayer. This is because of the hadith, which is reported in Sahih Muslim on the authority of Muawiyah that a person had prayed in the company of Muawiyah and once they finished the prayer, the person stood up, immediately stood to perform the subjugatory prayer and once he finished, Muawiyah called him and said, we have been prevented, we have been, uh, it was, we, uh, we have been prevented from doing so. We have been prevented from doing so, so do not do so. So Muawiyah uh, informed the individual, Afwan, the hadith, um, we have been prevented from doing so, from doing so, except that we speak or we change our location. That's the hadith. We have been prevented from doing so, except that we have spoken or we've changed our location. So if an individual wants to pray in the masjid, مثلاً, the sunnah prayers after Salat al-Jum'ah, he should either busy himself with supplication first, or he should speak to someone, or he should change his place based on that hadith of Muawiyah. Then with regards to Tahiyyat al-Masjid, the prayer for uh, greeting the Masjid. This is the Sunnah. But if a person, مثلاً, enters the Masjid, and uh, there was not enough time to pray the, the Tahiyyat al-Masjid, there was not enough time to pray the Tahiyyat al-Masjid, um, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's legislated, if you pray the Tahiyyat, let me go back, one. the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's legislated to pray the two units before you sit, because the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, if any of you enters into the masjid, if someone enters into the masjid, don't sit until you pray two units of prayer. So this is the two units of greeting or for greeting the masjid. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the asl, the origin of the commands of the Prophet is that it's obligatory. So if the Prophet has uh, instructed, his, instructed us to do something, the, the, the origin is that his instructions are, are obligatory. So this, then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah but for example, and what shows that it's obligatory, what shows that it's obligatory is the statement of Allah The statement of Allah in the Quran, whatever the, mess, the messenger gives you, then take it. So Allah has ordered us to take and implement and act upon that which the Prophet ﷺ has instructed us with. But if an individual, مثلاً, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if an individual enters into the masjid at the time of Salat al-Dhuhr and the congregation is already being established, or Salat al-Asr, or Salat al-Maghrib, and the congregation is being established, and the person enters into the congregation, then he no longer has to pray the, the, the prayer, the Tahit al-Masjid. He no longer has to pray the prayer of greeting the masjid. Because the, the obligatory prayers takes the place of the, the greeting of the masjid. So it's no longer mandatory. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah but if the person wanted to do it, it's accepted. Mathren, if the person joins the congregation, and then after the congregation they wanted to pray the prayer for greeting the masjid, it's accepted. Because he has incre increased in his acts of worship. Then... Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah, no, the author, he, he, he went back to what the author mentioned, and that is, it's uh, from the Sunnah, that if a person prays an obligatory prayer, 
and now they want to pray a supererogatory prayer, it's from the sunnah that the individual doesn't do so immediately. That the individual, they make tasbih and they make, uh, they talk to someone or they remember Allah they shouldn't join the obligatory prayer immediately with the supererogatory, with the supererogatory prayer. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Uh, the issue of if you enter into the masjid and uh, you begin uh, you begin your supererogatory prayer. You begin your two units of uh, either the, the prayer before the salat or the, the prayer for greeting the masjid. And while you're in that prayer, they call the adhan. Afwan, they call the iqamah. While you're in that prayer, while you're in that prayer, they call the iqamah. The Shaykh said, the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, If the prayer, if the call to prayer is, if the call to prayer is given, if the call to prayer is given, then there's no prayer except the obligatory prayer. So that means, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so if you just began your superiority prayer, if you're at the beginning of it, and the iqamah is called. So the congregation is, is about to start, then you have to break the supererogatory prayer. You have to break it, and you join the supererogatory prayer. Afwan, you join the obligatory prayer. You join the congregation, once again. So if you are in the, the beginning of your supererogatory prayer, and then the call to the obligatory prayer is established, and the congregation is lining up, you have to break it, and you have to join them. But if you're at the end of it, then you enter into the masjid, you start your supererogatory prayer, and then you're right at the end. And then the call for the congregation is given, the congregation is lining up, the shaykh said, just finish it. Yani don't cut it, but quickly finish it, and then join the obligatory join the obligatory prayer. Then he said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if you were in the beginning of it, and you cut it, you discontinued it, and then you joined the obligatory prayer, after you finish the obligatory prayer, it's permissible for you to to start your superior prayer again, it is permissible for you to make it up, it is not a problem. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, um, with regards to making it up, with regards to making up the prayers at the end, the superior prayers, he said, because he said, you can even make it up later on. He said, Mathalan, it happens a lot that a person prays the obligatory prayer, and then at, once they finish, the, the caretaker, he wants to close the masjid. The masjid is closing, or someone has to go somewhere. So it's permissible for you to later on pray the, the supererogatory prayer, the nawafim. Um, and he said the same thing, method, and the person was, uh, for example, his norm is that he prays two, afwan, his norm is that he prays four before dhuhr, but because of some reason he was busy, he was distracted, he couldn't pray before before dhuhr, it's permissible to pray them uh, later on in the day. No. Then the, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned the prayer between the Adhan and the Iqamah. Um, he said it's the Sunnah to pray between the Adhan and the Iqamah. This was the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, adhanain, between the two Adhans. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, what, what is meant by the two Adhan? Because the Adhan means the call. The Adhan, the word Adhan means the call. So what's meant by the statement of the Prophet ﷺ between the two adhans is the adhan and the iqamah. Between the adhan and the iqamah, there's salat. A person can pray. 
So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, for example, you want to pray to hate the masjid, or you want to pray anything, then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, what is the case if a person enters into the masjid before the adhan? A person enters into the masjid before the adhan, and they pray to hate the masjid. And then the adhan is called. After the adhan is called, the person should stand up and, and pray again. Because of the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam, بَيْنَ الْأَذَانَيْنِ There's a hadith where the Prophet said, Between the two calls is a prayer. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, So even if you entered into the masjid before the adhan, and you prayed the, the prayer for greeting the masjid, you prayed the nawafil, the superiority prayer, and now the adhan is called, you should still pray. You should pray in between the adhan and the iqamah because of the hadith of the Prophet And in fact, the Prophet said this three times. The Prophet said it three times, and the last time he said, Liman Shah, whoever wants to. So that shows it's not obligatory. If you enter into the masjid, you pray Tahayat al Masjid, the prayer for greeting the masjid, and then you sit. The Mu'addin stands up and he calls to prayer. He calls the Adhan. It's not obligatory for you, after the Adhan for you to pray. Because the Prophet said, Liman Shah, whoever wants to. So it's recommended that you, that you do so. Uh, and the fact that the Prophet said it three times shows that it's an established sunnah. It's something that a person should be diligent and vigorous in doing because the Prophet said it three times. Uh, and likewise, uh, with regards to Maghrib, likewise with regards to Maghrib, the Prophet said about praying, uh, uh, praying after the Adhan of Maghrib, the Prophet mentioned about praying the two units of prayer, so the person should do so. And he said, this is the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he said, naam, afwan. Yeah, the hadith where the Prophet said, sallu qabl al-maghrib. The Prophet said, pray before maghrib. So once the adhan of maghrib is called, the person should pray two units of prayer. Because the Prophet said it three times, and then once again the Prophet at the third, at the third time, the Prophet said, liman shah, whoever wants to. So that shows that it's an established sunnah, and it's something that we should do. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, he said, this book, it's very important uh, for a Muslim, and especially a student of knowledge, to uh, continue reading this book. And to look at what he is implementing of what is present in the book. And to try his best to uh, make it a, a habit, to make it consistent that he implements that which is present in the book. And likewise, the individual should focus on his points of deficiency. He should focus on his deficiencies in implementing that which is present in the book, and he should try to correct it and rectify it in the future. And then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, and the reason for that is because we understand that the first thing that the person is going to be held accountable for on the Day of Judgment is his prayer, his obligatory prayer. And if there's deficiency in his obligatory prayer, then Allah Azza wa Jal would order the angels who are responsible for looking at his deeds, Allah would order the angels to look at his nawafir. So if an individual has some type of deficiency in his obligatory prayers, what comes next that will strengthen uh, the individual is his nawafir. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, so it's very important that an individual is uh, diligent and vigorous in fulfilling uh, the nawafir. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, we ask Allah Azawajal with his names and attributes to make this, this lesson beneficial for us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to allow us to be amongst those who implement that which is pleasing to him. 
and we ask Allah to protect our deen and our worldly affairs and we ask Allah to give might and glory to Islam verily Allah is the one who answers the call يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى إذا كنت مصلي منفردا هل علي أن أقول ربنا ولك الحمد عند الارتفاع من الركوع إذا قلتها فحسن وإذا لم تقول هو كفيت لسمع الله لمن حمده الصلاة صلاة السلام عليك The individual is asking if I'm praying alone uh, is it upon me to say Rabbana walakalhamd, when I come up from Ruku'ah, the Shaykh said, Habibullah, tell if you said it, when you come up from Ruku'ah, if you say, Rabbana walakalhamd, our Lord, all praises for you. If you say it, it is good, but if you don't say it, and you suffice yourself with, Sami Allahu liman hamidah, verily Allah hears the one who praises him, if you only say that, then the salah is, is still correct. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى كيف يقوي نعم كيف يتقوى الطالب أو كيف نعم كيف يتقوى الطالب رغبته في طلب العلم يعني الطالب كيف يزداد قوة في طلب العلم لا شك أن تحصيل العلم الشرعي من أهم الأمور التي ينبغي للمسلم أن يكون حريصا عليه ومجرد الحرص إذا لم يصحبه عمل نفعه قليل ينبغي أن يحسن ترتيب الوقت يقسم أوقات الفراغ بين ما يريد تحصيله من العلم لا شك أن أهم العلم أن يعرف المسلم كيف يعبد الله لأن هذه أهم المقاصد في خلق العباد الله يقول وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدوه فينبغي أن يعرف العبادة كيف يعرفها؟ يعرفها بقراءة الكتب المؤلفة في هذا الشأن. ونصيحتي أن يختار الواحد مختصرا من مختصرات الفقه ويكرر قراءته. مثل هذا الكتاب الذي بين أيدينا يكرر فيما يتعلق بالعبادة والصلوات والزكاة ونوافل العبادات يكرر القراءة. لأن الإنسان يحتاج إلى أن يصطحب معه الحرص على الفهم والعلم فهو يحتاج أن يتحصل إلى وقت طويل مع الجد والاجتهاد
مع مراجعة ما يفهمه مرة بعد مرة ليستقر في الذهن ويبقى ويكثر من الدعاء سؤال الله جل وعلا بأن يفهم ويسهل عليها تحصيل العلم ويكون في طلب الحاق على الله يوطن نفسه انه سوف يتقيد بالعلم اذا حصله يعمل به حتى يثبت العلم احسن الله Gaining religious knowledge is from the most important of affairs and the Muslim, to the Muslim. And, but if an individual has the desire that they don't act uh, as it relates to gaining knowledge, then he will not be able to obtain much or his benefit will be uh, minimum. It's important for an individual to organize his time. He should divide his free time uh, according to that which he wants to, to learn. And the most important of knowledge is how to worship Allah. This is the very reason why Allah Azawajal created us. As Allah said, I have not created the jinn nor mankind except for them to worship me. Um, except for them to worship. So um, it's upon an individual to focus on the worship of Allah Azawajal. How and then the Shaykh said, and how does one know the worship of Allah? By reading uh, the beneficial books. He said, a person should read the summarized fiqh books, and they should repeat them. For example, this book that we're reading now, in it you have the acts of worship, salat, zikat, and the likes. So a person should read it over and over again. And likewise, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, person should try to also focus on understanding what he reads. And indeed, this may take time. But a person needs to be serious, and a person needs to be diligent. And a person has to constantly review that which they've read, so that it remains firm uh, in their memory. And likewise, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the person should uh, constantly supplicate to Allah to give him understanding and to make uh, obtaining knowledge easy for them. And likewise, an individual should condition himself to act upon the knowledge. An individual should condition himself to act upon the knowledge because of, uh, by way of, because by way of acting upon the knowledge, the knowledge will remain. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى أشكلت علي مسألة الصلاة الوتر صلاة الوتر كالمغرب كيف نجمع بين قول المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى ويجوز كالمغرب والحديث الذي رواه الحاكم لا توطر بثلاث تشبه المغرب
اولا الحديث لا توثر بثلاث هذا لم يصح وانما قال كان ما لما ذكر الشيخ اقل الوثر ان يصلي الواحد ركعه واحده يعني مع الراتبه او ثلاث اذا كان الثلاث الافضل ان يسلم من ركعتين ثم ياتي بالثالثه ويسلم منها لكن لو اراد ان يسردها سردا جاهز لو اراد ان يجلس اذا صلى الركعتين ثم يقول الثالثه كانه مغرب هذا ينبغي ان لا يحرص عليه لانه يجعلها كانها صلاه المغرب صلاه المغرب لا بد لها من تشهدين النافله يجوز ان الواحد يصلي تسع ركعات لا يجلس الا بالتشهد الاخير الا ان التسليم من كل ركعتين هو السنه Um, and it is permissible, the author says, and it is permissible to pray al-witr like maghrib by praying two and then making tushahar and then standing up. And then the, the question, he mentioned a hadith which is narrated in the Mustadrak of Imam Hakim. Do not make witr three like maghrib. So there's a hadith. Shaykh said hadith Allah Ta'ala, the hadith, do not make witr three like maghrib, it's, it's not an authentic hadith. Um, but the author, uh, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul mentioned that it's permissible to pay widget one or permissible to pay widget three. This is where this issue came up. So the Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so um, what's better? The person is going to pray three widget. It's better that the person prays two, makes tasneem, and then completes the last one. This is better. But if a person prays all three straight, it is also permissible, meaning pray all three units and then one tislim at the end. Uh, one tishahad and tislim is permissible. But if a person prayed it like maghrib, the shaykh said, I don't recommend it. Shaykh said, Habib Allah I don't recommend it. What's better is that you pray two, then you make tislim and you stand up for the, the next one. But it's permissible, just like it's permissible to pray nine, the shaykh said, Habib Allah For example, it's permissible to pray nine straight and then make one tislim. He said, but the sunnah, Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala reiterated, the sunnah is that you pray two, and then you make taslim, tushahar and taslim, and then you complete the one. Salat <laughs> 
the individual is asking, is there a prayer called the prayer of repentance? And the Sheikh said, Habibullah, I don't know. The Prophet did not mention that there's a prayer called the prayer of repentance. But what there is, is if, uh, the prayer of need. If a person has a need, he prays, and then at the end of the prayer, he requests something from his Lord, then there's no problem from doing that. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى ما حكم إعطاء الزكاة إلى شخص يغلب على ظن أنه فقير ولكن المعطي لا لا يتأكد من ذلك لا يدري هل هو فقير أم لا ولكن يغلب على ظنه أنه فقير إذا لم يعرف الإنسان هذا الشخص أنه فقير أو غير فقير وهذا الذي يعطى الزكاة هو يطلب الزكاة ويظهر من حاله انه فقير فالانسان عليه ان يجتهد فقط لكن من ليس بحادث للزكاة لا يحل له ان ياخذها لان الذي اخبر ان الصدع الزكاة لا تحل الا للفقير فرض الله الصدقة تؤخذ من اغنياء الناس فتعطى لفقرائهم ما تعطى للناس اللي ليسوا عليه لكن اذا دفع صدقته فيما اللي بيد من يظن انه فقير فلا حرج عليه عليه ان يجتهد فقط. Individuals asking is it permissible for me to give zakat to a person that I uh, I feel is poor but I'm not exactly sure. The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala if you don't know the individual whether he's poor or not but the individual is seeking the zakat, you should try your best to find out if the individual is in need. Um, uh, because zakat should not be given to, or zakat is not permissible for a person who does not, a uh, person who is not poor, a person who is not uh, in need. This is the hadith of the Prophet Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah but as long as you've tried, then there's no problem that you give zakat to the person that you suspect is poor. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى قول المؤلف رحيم الله تعالى ويسن له الفصل بين الفرض والسنه بكلام او قيام الحديث معاويه الى اخر القول هل هذا خاص لصلاه الجمعه ام جميع الفرائض؟ حتى غير الجمعه اذا صليت الفريضه وسلمت منها لا تقرنها بالنافله في الحال وانما تفصل بينها وبين النافذه تسبح سبحان الله والحمد لله ونحن نعرف او تغير موقعك بدل ما كنت في هذه النقطه تنتقي الى موضع اخر ولو بجانب. With speech or changing your place, um, is this specifically for Salat al-Jumrah or all of the obligatory prayers? Sheikh said, "Have you No, even even other than Salat al-Jumrah, if a person prays an obligatory prayer and then they want to pray the Sunnah prayer, they should not join them uh, immediately. Uh, the person should make tasbih or they should change their place, even if it's, they just move over slightly. Even if the person moves slightly, 
يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يكون النقاه النكاح صحيحا اذا لم يعطي الزوج زوجته المهر الذي وعدها والان بعد مرور سبع سنوات من النكاح من النكاح ما اعطى الزوج زوجته المهر فهل نكاحهم صحيح؟ النكاح صحيح ما دام حصل خطبه حصل طلب الموافقه توافق ولي المرأة برضاها وتم التزويج سواء كان التزويج بعقد نكاح عند جهة مختصة أو قال زوجتك ابنتي أو أختي أو إلى آخره بعد رواهم ووعد مهرا يعطيه أو عقد تم الزواج على مثلا كذا وكذا من النقود يصح العقد ولو لم تستلم الشيء لكنه اصبح دينا في ذمه الزوج ولا يحل له ان يمتنع من الدين قال ان احق الحقوق ما استحلت به الفروج اذا كان لك لاحد عليك دين من سائر الناس أو للزوجة دين وهو مهرها فهذا المهر الوزن في تأخيرها أشد من الوزن في في تأخير الحقوق الأخرى فالزواج صحيح والعقد تام والإنجاب إنجاب حقيقي إذا أنجبوا وهو عليه أن يعطي المرأة المهر Assalamualaikum. The individual is asking: Is the the marriage correct if the husband has not given the, the dowry to the female that she has promised, and now seven years have passed and he has still not given the, the dowry? Is the marriage correct? The Sheikh said, "Habibullah, the marriage is correct. The matrimony is correct as long as the request for marriage has taken place and the acceptance has taken place." And the, the guardian, the male guardian for the female, he has informed that the female has accepted this this uh, request, and they have married um, by the, the the guardian saying, "I have married you to her, I have given you her," and the mahar was established, meaning it was stated what the mahar would be, what the dowry would be. So um, or. It's a gift or money, as long as it has been stated, and the the request for marriage, the request for marriage has been accepted. Then it is uh, it is correct, but the the dowry becomes a debt for the husband. The dowry becomes a debt for the husband, and it is not permissible for the husband to refuse to pay it. You have the hadith of the Prophet the, the most important of rights is the right that by way of it, um, the, the privates have become permissible. So because of this uh, contract, or the most important of contracts to fulfill, is the contract which involved making the, the privates permissible. The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, what clarifies this is if, مثلاً, the husband, if the husband has debts with other people and he has a mahar, he, he owes money to people, but he has a mahar, he has 
a dowry. The most important debt upon him is the, the, the dowry. And the punishment for delaying it or not paying it is more severe than the punishment for not giving other people their rights. And it is greater. The punishment of delaying the mahar, the dowry, is greater than the punishment of delaying other people's rights. But with regards to the marriage, the marriage is correct. With regards to the children that are born, if there have been children born, it is correct. But what is upon the husband is to give uh, the dowry. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يجوز عقد النكاح عبر الهاتف أو بواسطة وسائل التواصل الحديثة؟ إذا تحفظ صدورة طلب النكاح والموافقة عليه مع الولي يعني ولي المرأة وشعر تشهد بأي وسيلة تم ذلك حقيقة فالزواج صحيح. Individuals asking, individuals asking, is it permissible to perform a, a marriage over the phone or any, or by way of any uh, present-day technology or any means of present-day technology? The Sheikh Mujahid Barataala, as long as it's, it's actual. Uh, and it has been confirmed that there's been a request for marriage by way of the man and there's been acceptance by way of the fee by way of the guardian of the female and there are witnesses uh, so any means of technology that are used as long as these, think, these components are present then the marriage is uh, correct لما قد يترتب عليه من محاولة تقليد الأصوات ودعاة حصول عقد ونحوها ينبغي أن يجتنب ذلك. And the Sheikh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, my advice is that this is not conducted. My advice is that this is not conducted because of uh, some matters that are doubtful uh, concerning it. So my advice is that uh, so my advice is that it's not conducted in this manner. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى إذا صلى المصلي في الحروب بعد انتهاء مدة المس فهل صلاته صحيحة أو هل عليه إحادة الوضوء والصلاة؟ يقول في وقت الحرب 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 إذا صلى الشخص إذا كان لابس الخفين أو الجوال لبسها على طهارة ثم شغل في مثل هذه الحوادث والاقمال ومضى اكثر من المده ثلاثه ايام التي حددها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم للسفر 
فالصلاة صحيحة في مثل هذه الحال على قول من يقول إن المسافر قد لا تكفيها المدة ما دام أدخلهما أدخل القدمين طاهرتين فيمسح ولو استمر لكن الصحيح أنه ينبغي أن يتقيد الإنسان بما نص عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Individuals asking if a, if a person uh, if a person prayed, if a person continued to pray after wiping over the socks and the time the time allocated for wiping over the so socks has ended, is the salat accepted? The Shaykh mentioned if a person has worn the socks uh, while they were in a state of purification, they have completed the wudu and then they put on the socks. And then after that they became busy with Something, something tremendous, such as it's mentioned harub. Oh no, this word is not. I can't. I mentioned harub because I thought. Um, but the Sheikh said, "Habib Allah Taala." The Sheikh said, "Habib Allah Taala." But a person became busy, um, and the time went past. The time expired. More than three days, which have been uh, allocated by the Prophet or the Prophet has mentioned the three days. Um, but now three days have passed, and the person is still praying. The Shaykh said, "Habib Allah as long as as long as they worn the socks while their feet were clean, then based on the, the opinion, there's opinion. There's an opinion that the musafir can continue to wipe over his socks. Then the salat, then the prayer is accepted." then the prayer is accepted. But the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but it's better, it's uh, upon a person to uh, limit what the Prophet has instructed. And that is the three days, the three nights. يقول السائل حديثكم الله تعالى هل يجوز للمصلي أن يصلي أن يصلي تحية المسجد عند ارتفاع الشمس في الصباح أو عند غروبها لا عند بزوغ الشمس أو عند تضيفها للغروب تضيفها للغروب ينبغي أن ينتظر وأما إذا دخل المسجد ولو كان بعد العصر أو بعد صلاة الفجر the individual, the individual is asking, is it permissible for the person to pray to hate the masjid, the prayer for reading the masjid when the sun is coming up or when the sun is going down? The Shaykh mentioned Habibullah um, If the sun has, if it's right after the sun has come up, or it's in this, in, at the time that the sun is coming up, or at the time where the sun is going down, it's at the horizon. Whether it's coming up from the horizon or going down at the horizon, it's better that an individual waits. It's better that an individual waits. But if the person, um, but if the person enters the masjid after Salat al-Asr or uh, before or after Salat al-Fajr, the person should not sit until they pray the two units of prayer. So 
ولو نحمد الله جل وعلا على ما يسر من هذا اللقاء ونسال الله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يجعلنا جميعا من المخلصين له بالعمل وان يتقبل منا ويتجاوز عنا وان ينفعنا بما نقول وما نفعل ونقول كما نساله جل وعلا ان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين وان يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وان يعاجل المظلومين في كل مكان من المسلمين بالفرج في الشام وغير الشام وان يحذر كل من اراد ظلم المسلمين في كل مكان كما نساله جل وعلا ان يطفئ الفتن التي شغلت المسلمين في كثير من بلادهم في الشام فنسال الله ان يعاجلهم بالفرج ويخرجهم من هذه المحنه بانتصار اهل الحق على الباطل كما نسأله جل وعلا أن تخرج بقية البلاد التي عصفت فيها رياح الفتنة أن يهيئ لها من فرجه جل وعلا ما يريحه يريحهم كما أسأله جل وعلا أن ينهي مشكلة اليمن انتصار الحق على الباطل وقطع دابر من يدعون أو يتعاونون مع مع الدولة الرافضية الصغوية في العراق أن يرينا بمنه وكرمه انتصار الحق واجتماع كلمة أهل اليمن على الخير والهدى وقطع دابر المشوشين منهم كما أسأله جل وعلا أن يحفظ على بلادنا المملكة أمنها على الدين والدنيا وأن يوفقها لحسن العمل وصيانة العقيدة وحماية الأخلاق الإسلامية أن تبتذل أو تدنس وأن يوفق الله جل وعلا بمنه وكرمه من تولى أمر بلادنا وأن يهيأ له أمر نصرة الحق وإذلال الباطل إنه مجيب الدعاء صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وسلم الشيخ حبيب الله Supplicated to Allah Azza we ask Allah, we praise Allah Azza for that which He has allowed us of ease in coming together. We ask Allah with His names and attributes to make us sincere in our deeds and ask Allah to accept it from us and to forgive us our faults and deficiencies. We ask Allah to give might to Islam and to the Muslims and to debase the disbelievers. We ask Allah Azza to uh, punish uh, the disbelievers and those who are pressing uh, the people of, of, of Syria and other than Syria. We ask Allah to uh, remove the oppression of those who are oppressing the Muslims and to bring an end to the fitna which has plagued many lands and from them Syria and other than Syria. We ask Allah to give victory to the people of the truth and to debase and allow victory over the peace of the people of falsehood. Ask Allah to bring an end to the fitna which is spread in many lands, uh, the likes of Yemen and others. And we ask Allah to destroy those who support the the, the Shi'i uh, government in Iran who are uh, causing the problems in uh, Yemen. 
And we ask Allah to show us the support and the, of the haq and to allow us to become t- together and unified and to um, end the trouble of those, of the troublemakers. And we ask Allah here in Saudi Arabia to protect our deen and our worldly affairs. And we ask Allah um, to allow the government to have good deeds and to protect the aqidah and the Islamic character and manners and to protect it from all types of pollution. We ask Allah to allow the government um, to give the government success <coughs> to support the truth. Uh, verily Allah is the one to enter the call and all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam and his family and, com- and companions. الظاهر ان اليوم هذا هو اخر الدروس الان الى بعد انتهاء ايام الاختبارات وعوده الناس للدراسه ويكون ان شاء الله تواصل بين نسال الله جل وعلا في اسماء ان يوفقنا جميعا لتحصيل العلم النافع وان يرزقنا حسن العمل بما نتعلم انه مجيب الدعاء وصلى الله عليه Sheikh mentioned Habibullah what's apparent is that tonight will be the last night uh, in preparation for the mid-year exams and then we will inform you and then we will inform you uh, when we will come back and we ask Allah with his names and attributes uh, to make us from amongst those uh, or to give us beneficial knowledge uh, and allow us to implement that knowledge Allah is the one to answer the call may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad his family members and companions